MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Betting across America. I'm Jonathan Montobel here at the South Point Hotel and Casino, live from the East Coast. Scott Seidenberg alongside as well. Uh, as we are well into the first quarter, about a little over 60 seconds remain. In fact, I'm going to do the math. I'm going to say 78 seconds remain in the first quarter between Nebraska <laughs> and Illinois. It is a 2 nothing lead for the Illini, but the storylines here are twofold. One, Brandon Peters, shoulder injury. Uh, looks like he is done. Looked like he was in a lot of pain. Archer Sitkowski, uh, as you pointed out, former Rutgers signal caller, is in at quarterback behind an offensive line that has been absolutely abhorrent early on. Um, also, that Scott Frost, who is under investigation because one of his special assistants or um, was coaching special teams, even though his special teams gave up a safety early in this game. So that's pretty fun. Uh, We should also note that Nebraska is driving right now, too. So we'll see. They are inside the red zone right now. A first and 10 on the Illinois, we'll call it uh, 14-yard line, a face mask, helping him there uh, get to this point. So, Scott, early on, you got to like the effort from Illinois defensively. Nebraska has had nothing on the ground. But right now, they're a a five-and-a-half-point favorite because they are knocking out of the door due to penalties and bad offensive line play from Illinois. Yeah, and, and I'm worried right now, you know, what's going to happen with this Illinois offense without Peters. Sitkowski is absolutely capable. You know, I watched the guy play at Rutgers, is, is you know, can, can play at this level, uh, obviously is there for a reason. And now Bielema and this uh, this team is going to have to adjust without their main signal caller and uh, see if Sitkowski can lead this offense and kind of put up points here, uh, which they haven't been able to do so far against this Nebraska team. But listen, we're taking a team that is a touchdown underdog, okay? The fact that they're winning two to nothing right now is a positive sign. You know, we're not expecting them to come out here and have a 10-point lead in the first quarter. So no reason to panic right now. Uh, There is cause for concern, as I mentioned, with Peters coming out of the game. But I think we are on track right now for uh, backing Illinois here. Speak for yourself. Um, it's all over. I'm panicking. It's done, and uh, I just want this to be over with at this point. Uh, also, the other game about to kick off, um, and actually, it should be underway momentarily. That would be, of course, UConn taking on 
Fresno State. Let's get your thought. One more uh, revisit for those who are just joining us here in the final hour, Scott, uh, because we are about an hour and a half away, and we'll be off the air by the time Hawaii and UCLA kick off. Uh, your analysis between UCLA and Hawaii and what you expect for this game is uh, right now on the board, if you look at it from UCLA's perspective, uh, those 17 and a half holding strong right now in most shops with a total of 67 or 66 and a half. Yeah, I, I played the total at 68 and a half, and I loved it at that under, and we've seen the total go down now to 67, and we talked to Chris Andrews earlier who said that the total is, you know, going to keep going down, or, or he's seen the money coming in on the under, obviously. Uh, I just think that UCLA can score 50 if they wanted to in this game. I don't think they're going to. And I don't think they're going to need to because I don't see Hawaii putting up a ton of points. I think 20 is probably going to be, you know, 21 points probably going to be the tops here for this Hawaii team. Defense, both defenses in this game are much better than advertised. Uh, they both return a boatload of starters, right? Including, you know, UCLA, who led the Pac-12 in sacks last year, returning nearly any everybody on on defense, right? Linebackers are great. Secondary is strong, and, and they're fast. So as good as Cordero is at running, I don't think he's going to be able to run away from this UCLA defense, who is very good in pursuit. The concern for me for Hawaii's offense is I need the other players to step up. Cordero led the team in rushing last year, and that can't be the case for a team that has, you know, higher aspirations this season. I see this more of like a 41-21 type of game. Uh, I think UCLA cruises to a win, but they throttle down because they're going to want to play with high tempo next week against LSU. So they're going to use this game as an opportunity to kind of, you know, leave some things in the reserve tank because next week they're going to go all out and push the tempo and the pace against an LSU team. So it's not so much a trap game, but there is a look-ahead factor for UCLA, just understanding how they're going to want to play that game versus how they're going to want to play this game. Yeah, I'm really curious what this season looks like for UCLA because uh, we have seen this before. We have seen Chip Kelly at UCLA uh, with a team full of continuity and guys back, and it has not exactly worked out for him uh, through the first early years. But again, it's a new year, and uh, we'll see if that is going to turn maybe some better fruit for him as the year goes along. So we'll have track of that. We'll also, of course, look at what's going to happen and keep track of what's going on between Fresno and UConn as well. It is betting across America here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. But let's dive into Major League Baseball. We can roll through uh, the card as a whole because we have a lot of games uh, later start times for a lot of these kind of 105 I think is the earliest start time that'll be Red Sox uh, and Indians so where are you going on this baseball card you're a big baseball guy uh, what is at the top of your list in terms of plays and I think uh, Tampa Bay and Baltimore was at the top of that list uh, for you as well right yeah, just look at the way that the Rays have dominated the Orioles this season, 16-1 and one straight up, 14 of those 16 wins by two or more runs. So I do like the Rays on the run line, plus they have the you know luxury of being on the road, and you always want to have the road team when it comes to betting a run line because you're guaranteed that ninth inning at bat. So uh, I understand the pitching matchup kind of favors the Orioles a bit, although you would argue that John Means has not been himself since coming off yeah. the IL. So I do like the Rays uh, certainly in this ballgame, and I do like the Rays on the run line, which is much less juice than the minus 170 on the money line. Uh, the Yankees have won 13 straight games with Nestor Cortez now on the hill against Frankie Montas and the Yankees are as close to even money uh, and even this morning I looked were a slight underdog. That mm -hmm. line has moved though uh, and I'll probably move in the next couple of hours before we get to first pitch, but earlier this morning I did take the Yankees on a plus 1.5 run line and parlayed it with the Giants at plus 1.5 both of them were slightly under minus 200 at about 190, 195 each of them, which means you can take the two of them and you're getting about plus 125 on a two-team parlay because I think the Yankees keep this thing rolling. They're seeing the Tampa Bay Rays, who they're staring up against in the standings, are playing the Baltimore Orioles, so that just magnifies each game that they're playing. They need to win to keep pace with the Orioles, the, the Rays. They can't afford to drop any ball games. They've won 13 straight. They're the hottest team in Major League Baseball. I expect 
expect them to keep it rolling here against the Oakland A's. Uh, another baseball game I'm looking at is the Astros. I like their team total uh, against Texas. There's going to be a lot of home runs given up by Colby Allard, which like it always happens with this Texas pitching staff. Uh, last time he faced the Astros, gave up seven runs. So I expect Houston to score on this Texas team. The money line is too high for me to play, but I like the team total Astros over five and a half. And then I'm going to look towards the late game and the Dodgers who missed an opportunity against the against the Rockies yesterday. The worst road team in all of Major League Baseball beat the Dodgers uh, at Chavez Ravine. Go figure, right? And what a missed opportunity it was by the Dodgers after seeing the Giants lose to the Atlanta Braves. Had an opportunity to pick up a game there, uh, but they failed to do so. So they remain two and a half back of the Giants in that National League West. Uh, I can't see them losing back-to-back games at home against the Colorado Rockies. The handicap here is really just the Rockies are so bad on the road. They're 14 and 45 straight up as an away underdog. And I don't see that team beating this Dodgers team two games in a row. So I'll back the Dodgers here on the run line. So a couple of these really quickly. Um, Excuse me. Nebraska has scored. They are in the end zone. So Nebraska gets their first score of the season up on top of Illinois. Didn't see the uh, extra point pending, so we'll see if that is the case. Uh, six to two with the extra point coming up with fourteen twenty-five left to go in the second. Um, talking baseball really quickly, I want to get your thoughts on one game as well because uh, this Phillies team, from a big picture perspective, they're completely falling apart. Uh, they have the easiest schedule yeah. in baseball, not taking advantage of it uh, for some reason. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the biggest thorn in their paw that we have seen. Now they get the win in extras yesterday, but Humberto Mejia is going to take on Kyle Gibson, and if you look at this. One of the things that stuck out to me, Scott, in the beginning of the year was, you know, Gibson is pitching well, but his numbers indicate there's going to be a fallback down to earth at some point. And if you look at it, the regression has come, and he's been average over the last two months. Since July 2nd, 483 ERA, a 499 expected filling independent. Biggest issue for him has been a dip in command, little ability to generate strikeouts, too. So if you're going to start walking more guys, you've got to be able to strike him out, and he's not been able to do that. He's 16.4K rate at this point. And so while he's coming off to a good start against San Diego, his numbers... 306 ERA and a 432 XFIP on the season have always indicated he's pretty average. And so when you looked at the opening number of minus 225, it seemed insanely high for this Phillies team with Gibson on the hill. And we don't know a lot about um, Humberto Mejia, right? We know a little bit about his pitch arsenal, slider curve change, off-speed stuff, 94-mile-an-hour fastball at its peak. I expected that the market would start to move in Arizona's direction, and that has been the case. We saw this opener, minus 225. We're now down to $1.90. Gibson's one of those guys that I think I'm looking to play against more often than not, and this sets up as a situation to be just that. Yeah, Gibson is an innings eater. That's really what he is, and that's the reason why the Phillies got him in there is just to eat innings. Uh, gave up three runs last time he faced the Diamondbacks a couple of starts ago. Uh, I actually look towards the total in this game. I think it goes over eight and a half. Um, both pitchers are certainly capable of giving up runs to both of these lineups. Weather is going to be a factor. Rain in the forecast. Uh, we'll see if this game gets pushed uh, pushed back at all. But if it's windy and the wind's blowing out, uh, we can certainly see uh, some home run balls there at Citizens Bank. But I think both of these offenses. Is, uh, both of these lineups capable of scoring uh, runs against both of these pitchers. Where do you stand on Vlad Gutierrez? Because he's getting the start for Cincinnati against Miami, and uh, I think I want to start to take my shots against Gutierrez when he starts. The problem is I don't know if it's with the 25th-ranked lineup and weighted runs created plus, right? Like it's not with that Miami lineup. So I think Gutierrez is one of those guys where he's due here to get knocked around. You just got to ask yourself if the Marlins are the team to do that knocking. Yeah, six runs allowed in his last, what, 30-somewhat innings yep. for Gutierrez. So uh, if you think he's a regression candidate, then you would certainly like to back uh, the Marlins here. If you're going to back the Marlins, though, it's because it's Sandy Day, right? Yep. Sandy Alcantara, I feel so bad for this guy. You know, guys like this, they just deserve so much better. You know, <laughs> like like put this guy on a better team or give him some run support and, and see what happens. Uh, outside of the game in which he got rocked by Colorado, which anybody's going to get in rocked Colorado, in Colorado. Yep. Yeah, in Colorado, I kind of, kind of, you know, I kind of just throw out those games. But you know, he shut out the Yankees through seven innings. He allowed one run to the Atlanta Braves uh, through eight innings. He shut out the the, the Padres through seven innings, and uh, the Reds only two runs allowed in seven innings. Those are really good lineups. I don't know if you uh, have been paying attention, Jonathan, but those are really good lineups in Major League Baseball that Sandy has pitched really well against. Um, so I would kind of look maybe towards. Uh, 
you know, a first five for the Marlins here, maybe a first five under with both of these starting pitchers. But I love back in the Marlins uh, because it's Sandy Day and uh, just expecting him to continue his uh, his solid his solid season. Yeah, for those who are wondering why, uh, as you mentioned, a guy who has a 167 ERA since July 27th and a 186 ERA, um, or excuse me, 167 ERA in August and a 186 ERA since July 27th would be a regression candidate. If you look at it, expected fielding independent on the season is 507. So that's a clear sign that there's going to be something coming for him. And if you look at just some of his numbers, right, command can be shaky at times for Vlad Gutierrez. A walk rate of 9%, about 3.4 walks every nine innings. Not a dominant strikeout pitcher by any means. Doesn't really keep the ball down. So really solid lineups that can probably take him a little bit deeper and more favorable parks. We should put it that way too. Uh, for hitters would probably be the spots to play against him. So tentative look uh, to play against uh, against Vlad Gutierrez. Just don't know if I can talk myself into this being the spot. One more game I want to ask you about in terms of a side, and then we're going to get to some awards conversations because I got a ticket to the Cy Young race that I feel like my guy should get more credit uh, and more pub. Washington and New York. Marcus Stroman is going to be on the hill. Stroman's been steady Eddie, man. Like 372 ERA in the month of August isn't one of the best. It's also not one of the worst. He's pitched 13 innings over his last two starts. He's allowed five earned runs over those two starts. Like you're getting five and you're getting like two or three from Stroman, right? Like in terms of earned runs allowed. He's been relatively consistent. You kind of know what you're getting from him as he goes out there. Problem is, is that lineup too has been a really big problem. And you just ask yourself like, you know, minus 220 with the Mets, the way that they've been swinging the bats. Like, I just, these price tags are pretty big. And I know the Nationals are in no great shakes. This still is, I think, a little bit more of a competitive matchup than the implied probability of a 220 price tag indicates. Yeah, uh, City Field Unders. Right, yep. <laughs> that's the way to go. Uh, these teams combined for three runs uh, in last night's game, and I would expect another low-scoring game again here. This Mets uh, lineup is uh, how do we say this nicely? Um, putrid. Mm -hmm. uh, the way that they have just been producing offensively or not producing at all. You mentioned Stroman, the success that he has had. Uh, I like the Mets in this game. I, I, I can't like. 216 or whatever it is, 220 on the Mets. I'm not comfortable doing that at all. Uh, but I would look towards the under because unders at City Field have been the most profitable bet here in terms of ballpark unders in Major League Baseball. And it's because these Mets are just not scoring. And if Stroman has a solid outing, this could be another 3-1, 3-2 ball game. So the award that I wanted to ask you about, um, Cy Young race in the National League, I think is really fascinating. Um, I'll, I'll put it this way. So we know that Walker Buehler's at the top of this list, and he rightfully yep. should be, right? You know, he's been absolutely great. Uh, pitches another fantastic game in that series in San Diego Padres, the game that goes on for forever. Uh, he's been dynamic. He's at the top of the list in a lot of statistical categories, deserves to be the favorite. My guy that I'm going to ask you about that I think deserves more cred because, by the way, Zach Wheeler, the wheels, to make the joke, have fallen off. Like, Wheeler all of a sudden yeah. cannot find anything. It's incredible what has happened to him over the last five or six starts. Brandon Woodruff. I got a 15 to one ticket on Woodruff about a, a couple months ago to win this award. And while he has, has Corbin Burns right on his team, which is not going to help any, he's got the edge in terms of innings. There's nothing in terms of a difference between the ERA points, right? It's minuscule what the difference is there. But like every time we have these conversations around Cy Young, I always fail to hear Woodruff's name. He's coming off of a 10 strikeout outing against Cincinnati Reds. Why isn't my boy getting more attention here? Because his teammate's better. Um, and, and I think that Burns is going to get more love than Woodruff. Um, just the home run numbers are, you know, look at Corbin Burns has only allowed five home runs this year. And, and compared to the rest of the National League where everybody's in double digits, I and mean, that's just absurd. And, yes, you know, Woodruff has pitched what? You know, it's probably, you know, a couple more, you know, 20 more start innings or something like mm -hmm. that, um, and everything else is kind of equal. I just think that in terms of the walks and the home runs allowed give the edge to Corbin Burns over his teammate here. Um, as I mentioned, five home runs for Corbin Burns allowed in 22 starts as opposed to 13 home runs allowed in 25 starts for Woodruff. So I think the fact that Burns is on his team in that same rotation does take away from him in terms of the voters. And uh, I think people are just maybe a little bit blinded by Corbin Burns when it comes to Woodruff. Now, all of this conversation could be for naught because uh, Walker Bueller, if he maintains his pace, is sure. going to probably win the award given where he's at and uh, what he has been doing. Uh, Bueller's been incredible and his strikeouts are down this year and yet still consistently getting guys out and they're winning his games like because he puts them consistently in position to do so. The Dodgers are good, but Walker Bueller is absolutely dynamic. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thirteen and two this year. He's been. He's. It's his rotation, right? Which is crazy to say when you think about the names in that rotation. Yep. It's it's Walker Bueller's rotation. So you said you're sitting on a fourteen to one. Fifteen to one Woodruff. Woodruff. Yep. Fifteen to one for Woodruff. I'm sitting on a three to one for Garrett Cole. And I put this in around the same time that I put in my Yankees AL East future, which is was in early August. This is before Garrett Cole got removed from the COVID list. And my rationale was thinking that Garrett Cole was going to be pitching in games down the stretch that are of – the utmost importance in terms of a playoff race for the Yankees. And if he continues to have success and just dominate opposing lineups in games that have playoff importance for the Yankees, that's going to sway the voters as opposed to, you know, someone like Lance Lynn, who, you know, is, is taking some time away with an injury. Uh, I think Garrett Cole has a real opportunity here to, persuade some voters with his performance down the stretch. I mean, his last three starts, he's only allowed one run. And I know that he hasn't gone deep into the ball games. It's only been six innings, but the Yankees are kind of, you know, slowly bringing him back in from this COVID IL. And eventually he'll go seven, maybe eight innings if they need him to. But uh, Garrett Cole has been as good as any pitcher right now in Major League Baseball uh, since his return from the COVID IL. And I, I think he has a really good chance to win this award. He obviously does, and the odds represent that, right? Lance Lynn, dollar twenty-five favorite right now. Garrett Cole plus one twenty. Uh, but you know, like I got to tell you, if we're talking American League, why not the guy with the buck fifty-nine ERA over thirty-four innings pitched in the month of August, who pitches for Toronto? Robbie Ray Robbie has Ray. been incredible. Yeah. And his turnaround in terms of getting the command under control early in the month of August, right? He had five walks over two starts. It looked like it was a little shaky, but it's bounced right back. He's got two walks over his last three starts. He's pitched at least seven in each of the last three. He's been unreal. And I think the point you bring up is really good, which is maybe there's a point at which team success weighs a, t- a guy down, i.e. Robbie Ray and his team not making it into the postseason. But I think there's a very strong argument to be made that Ray's numbers are not only on par potential better uh, than Garrett Cole. He actually got the better ERA than Garrett Cole. Uh, Lance Lynn too. Like I th- like Robbie Ray I think would be extremely live given what he's been able to do for the Toronto Blue Jays. Well, look at the schedule remaining. So, Robbie Ray is probably going to start against the Rays. He's going to start against the Yankees. Uh, He might start twice against both of those teams if Toronto was smart and they position their rotation to do that. So, if Robbie Ray goes out there and in four starts against the Yankees and the Rays, continues his success, that's absolutely going to impress the baseball writers. And he could also win this award and with his value sitting behind Cole and Lynn, that's that's worth a sprinkle. Yeah, five to one right now is where you can find him. Then you get the others, right? The outside shots. Carlos Rodon, uh, Shohei Otani, which uh, you take one on the chin against the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Scott. I'm an Angels guy, uh, but uh, I think you get ruled out if you take one on the chin against Baltimore and you start the game. Listen, win your American League MVP. Don't worry about the Cy Young. Oh, man. God, the Angels. I knew it. I didn't know it, but of course it's the Angels that are going to allow that streak to get snapped with Baltimore to go ham and give up 10 yards in an outing yeah. like that. So Otani's going to be out, but I think we're pretty much in agreement that Bueller and Lynn at this point deserve to be the favorites. I think Bueller would ultimately be the guy that cashes at that minus 115 price, uh, but Lynn does seem to be on some shaky ground at this point with Cole and Ray yeah. coming up behind him. It wouldn't be surprising, right, if any one of those three won that award, Lynn, Cole, or Ray. Yeah, I think the American League race is more interesting than the National League race because I think it's Walker Bueller's award to lose right now, Mm -hmm. but I think it's anybody's award in the American League. Yeah, man, it's going to be fascinating. Can't wait. And, you know, you can make an argument. Scherzer the other day, right? Seven to two-thirds, ten strikeouts, two hits, one walk, no earned runs against the Padres. Um, His odds have shifted down to 21 at BetMGM, was 30 to 40 before the most recent start. But uh, that's a shift in the odds. I can get it. Maybe it's more likely that he wins the award, steals some votes, uh, but he's not going to outstrip. I don't think there's really much he can do except for pitch like four consecutive perfect games, right, to steal the award from his own teammate, Walker Buell. What is this, the Little League World Series now? Come on. (laughs) Who's the kid? Is this from South Dakota that's just been giving a one run over the last, like, six years, whatever it is? Uh, All right, we'll come back. Uh, We'll give you a score update on what's going down in the Big Ten. Uh, And it does look like there is potentially some separation coming between Nebraska and Illinois. We'll discuss that. Let's talk about the news of the National Football League during the week. My guy, Jameis Winston, your starting quarterback in New Orleans.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life— We've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Season's around the corner. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports, Nevada Premier Sports Betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. So, a couple of updates 
Scott Seidenberg's with us here on Betting Across America. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in on the program live from the South Point. Uh, a couple of things, Scott. First off, know you want to know. Red card in the first half. Chelsea hangs on, though. 1-1 one, one draw. So they're going to get a point out of this after losing a dude and being down in the second half. Good for them. Good, good draw for my guys. Um, outside of that, Adrian Martinez kind of stinks. Because we had some missed opportunities here for Nebraska. A wide open guy in the left side of the end zone, overthrown by Martinez. And then, as I am told, his six foot eight tight end on a crossing route has to go up for a ball that he can't go get. Martinez leaves two plays on the field and those dynamic special teams that missed an extra point and, of course, caused a safety for Illinois to get their only two points of the day so far. They at least get the field goal. It's a 9-2 lead right now for Nebraska in this matchup in the Big Ten. Early takeaways as we are uh, approaching halftime. Uh, should have been a penalty on that one play that was a missed wide-open receiver in the end zone. Martinez overthrew his tight end. Uh, it was a pick play, and it was an obvious pick play. Probably should have been an offensive pass interference call, but we don't really see that a lot in college football. So, uh, yeah, it, thankfully, Martinez does stink and missed a wide-open receiver. But it's all it's going to be on Sitkowski now and see if he can lead this Illinois offense down the field. The defense did its job holding Nebraska to just a field goal attempt, and uh, they are now down a touchdown, and we'll see if they can score here. And, and really hold uh, Nebraska here to no more points in this first half. Yeah, for those just joining us who weren't paying attention, Art Sitkowski uh, is in the game because Brandon Peters did get injured uh, early on. Leaky offensive line. Uh, it's actually been leaky all day for Illinois. Falls on his shoulder pretty badly. So we're at the back of quarterback at this point. We'll see if he can indeed lead Illinois to the promised land, get some points in this one. Updated lines for you. Uh, Nebraska now $5 favorite on the adjusted in-game money line, 10.5 point favorite with a total of 42.5. So the Illinois fighting a lot. Illini, who closed at a six-and-a-half point underdog, now catching ten-and-a-half. We're actually over the uh, pre-flop spread there, if you were pre-flop spread, the opening spread. Remember, Nebraska opened up as high as nine-and-a-half in the offseason in this game. So now we're looking at ten-and-a-half for Nebraska in-game against Illinois. Also on the board, um, not, on the, not on the board at least in terms of scoring, but it has started. Fresno State with the ball, 728 left to go in the first um, Scoreless draw. So UConn, very live, very live. I assume it'll stay like that as we go along. In-game, though, really quickly, 24.5 points spread with a total of 53.5. With that, National Football League, the news of this week, I think, at the top, the New Orleans Saints have decided on a quarterback. Taysom Hill is not going to be the guy. It isn't going to be Jameis Winston. Now, you made the point, we're going to see Taysom Hill. We're going to see the same packages. I am curious, you know, last year, we're talking about an average of, I think it was 11.5 plays per game for Taysom Hill. Do we see that average tick up with Jameis? Winston at quarterback. I'm to let you know, I'm a Jameis Winston fan. I, I think from a skill set, he's got everything you want in a quarterback. I think it just needs to be contained to put in an offense that can maximize the skill set of a quarterback. And that could be it. I mean, think about this. Sean Payton hasn't had a quarterback like this in a while. Not that Jameis Winston is better than Drew Brees. He's had a quarterback that can re- like regularly challenge the ball 20 or more down, uh, yards downfield, Scott. And I think that's going to open up an interesting aspect of this offense we have not seen. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I think that they're going to want to obviously take advantage of Jameis's arm. Um, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to probably dare Jameis to beat them and try not to let Kamara get the best of them. So that's something that you're going to want to pay attention to in terms of how defense is going to play against this uh, this Saints team. But I, I, I do think we see a little bit more of Taysom Hill, and I think that this could wind up being you know one of those you know I don't want to say a college type offense, but you're going to see Taysom Hill get a lot of run, and there's going to be plays where both of them are going to be on the field at the same time. That's just the way that Sean Payton's going to do it. I think he's going to get creative in this first year here without Drew Brees. Yeah, and the, the, the biggest point, which is why I think some people, and it was, a, it was a strong point, thought that Taysom Hill would actually be the guy to open uh, because we know about the injuries in this wide receiving core and how thin it is. And maybe you raise the floor of your offense by putting a more mobile guy out there and you run some more exotic stuff. So maybe especially early on as you wait uh, for your wide receiving core to get healthy, do you see a little bit more Taysom Hill? And we'll see if Jameis can actually take the job and like really grab onto it uh, with a mind like Sean Payton, but that's going to be a point. All right, when we come back, I'm going to pick your brain too. Broncos have Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterback in week one. Uh, We're going to see, right, Drew Locke at some point this year. just depends when. And we'll also talk a little bit about the quarterback situation both in Chicago and New England. There's one spot where I I kind of actually really want a rookie to start and the other where I'm like, eh, you know what, pump the brakes, relax. I don't think it's going to be as rosy as you really expect it to be. That's coming back here on Betting Across America.
The new episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod comes from the National Horse Players Championship here in Las Vegas. Former NHC winners Thomas Goldsmith, Judy Wagner, and thoroughbred owner and horse player John Lindo talk about the tournament. Saratoga Lies, Maggie Wolfendale, more leap for reviews today's Travers Stakes, Vinny Sins, Vinny Mayulo, handicaps races at Saratoga and Del Mar. Subscribe at iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher. Or download it now at visa.com slash podcast, the Ron Flatter Racing Pod, or as we lovingly call it, the RFRP, sponsored by First Bet. Got some life. Got a little bit of life here. Nebraska and Illinois, 434, 434, 434 are about so left to go in the second. Courtesy of, actually, uh, Arts and Kasky Scott had thrown a uh, just disgusting interception, but... Roughing the passer allows the drive to stay alive. Tax on 15, and now they are knocking on the door, second and eight inside the red zone right now on the Nebraska 10-yard line. Start to get the run game going. You know what I mean? We had a good run there on the left side earlier, and this is what led them to a victory last year against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I would expect with this shoddy offensive line play in terms of pass pro that we're going to start to see a little bit more consistently in terms of the running attack. Yeah, and this is what Brett Bieler is doing. He's going to want to shorten the game here uh, with a backup quarterback. So I would expect him to lean heavily on the run game. You know, Stokowski, you mentioned the interception. He was heavily pressured, driven into the ground. It was not just the passenger, uh, a roughing the passer penalty, JVT. It was also a taunting penalty after the play. Instead of an interception, it was plus 30 yards for Illinois on that one play. So the Illini catch a break. And, yes, you have to rely on the rushing attack here. Let this clock keep winding down. Maintain time of possession and shorten this game. That's going to be the style here for Illinois. Yep. Well, and they are now down by one as they find the end zone. Swing pass on the right side. Touchdown, Illinois. So now it is a 9-8 to eight contest with 3.20 left to go. Uh, first half line, of course, uh, in the swing here. In, well, the first half total, not so much. Uh, but uh, we are still live here with four minutes left to go. So we'll see if Nebraska can... Uh, Put some points on the board, but you do need more from Adrian Martinez. Uh, the fact that they are still up and only by one with that pending, it is going to be a problem, I think, uh, if you're going to get this level of quarterback play. In the whole season, too, by the way, because you mentioned this, it's only a win total of six and a half for Nebraska. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. There's not, like, there's winnable games, but we're talking about, like, their coin flip spots, like field goal spreads that can go either way. It's hard to find seven wins on the schedule for Nebraska before the season started. And if, Scott, this is the level of quarterback play you're going to get, it's even harder to find those seven wins. Yeah, and Scott Frost will be out of a job, and they're going to use the investigation as the reason to fire him with cause. Uh, there's probably people behind the scenes in Nebraska that are quietly hoping that this happens, yep. that they do lose these games, and then they have reason to get out of this contract, and they could dump him uh, with cause. You know, we all know that if you fire a coach and you buy him, out, the buyout's going to be incredible, but if there is an NCAA investigation, you could justify firing uh, a head coach, and I think that's what's going to happen here with Scott Frost because they are – a lot of people that are not happy with him in Nebraska. Uh, update here. It does look like Fresno State has found the end zone themselves, courtesy of a fumble recovery and return for a touchdown. Uh, that was, If that stands, it's going to be about, a, I'd say, a 35-yard fumble recovery scoop and score for the Fresno State Bulldogs. We'll see if it does indeed stand, and it looks like it is going to. So two updates in-game-wise. Fresno State back up to a 28.5-point favor with a total of 55.5. And, and with this review pending for Illinois, because they're trying to see if the runner got inbounds. Uh, I think it looks like maybe they were across the pylon, but the ball was not, so we'll see if that's going to be the case. Uh, but this has mm. been suspended, so we'll see if that touchdown is going to stand. And it looks like it's not, so it's going to be a first and goal for Illinois. 9-2 to lead, so not a 9-8 to lead. Still got to punch it in for Illinois with three minutes left to go in the second. So with that, let's update and talk a little bit more about this National Football League scenario with these young quarterbacks. So I'll open the door for you. Uh, rookie quarterback that you think you're going to see first, that you should see first, Mac Jones or Justin Fields? They're tied together again. Mac Jones. Uh, we'll see Mac Jones before we see Justin Fields because uh, I don't think uh, we see Justin Fields for quite some time. I think Nagy's going to stick with Andy Dalton because he thinks Dalton gives him the better chance to win right now, and he's going to want to bring the rookie along slowly. Meanwhile, I think Mac Jones has a real possibility to start week one, and I think that there are people inside that New England organization that would rather go that way. Uh, Cam is very, you know, we know how talented Cam Newton is. Um, him being away from the team now because of the COVID situation. And for those who don't know what happened, uh, Cam Newton, is he's not vaccinated. 
And the reason that we know this is because he was away from the team facility and failed to adhere to the testing protocols. Now, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to adhere to the same testing protocols as unvaccinated players. So Cam was forced to be away from the team the entire week of practice until Thursday or Friday. And that is leaving a sour taste in people's mouths because it could happen again this season where they're going to be without their starting quarterback if Cam is the starter. Should he have a mishap when it comes to you know being away from the team facility and not adhering to the testing protocols? So by starting Mac Jones, you kind of avoid that situation. Um, and plus, there's a lot of things that are going to want to uh, come into play here. Now, in terms of on-the-field uh, reasons, I think you could do more Josh McDaniels, that being with his offensive style with Mac Jones and his passing ability, as opposed to Cam Newton and his rushing ability. And I think there's people inside, like I said, inside that organization that would rather have this offense run through Mac Jones as opposed to Cam Newton. Sorry, I got a little lost there because I agree with your points. Uh, everything is well-spoken. Uh, uh, looks like an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty was called after the touchdown for Illinois. So we get another one there. Uh, right, let's relax, referees. All right, let the kids have some fun. So we do have the extra point pending, and they did punch that one in. But your point's well, spo- well taken. And, and like, when you looked at what was going to happen, and then you factor in the reports of what Mac Jones did against the Giants' defense in these practices during yeah. this week, right, where we're talking, I think it was, what, 35 of 40, whatever it was. He, I think this is a really big deal that not many people are talking about, Scott, got a high five from Bill Belichick after practice. Like, there's a lot to like about what Mac Jones did during this week. And that absence, it's like when there's not much separating you between you and your competition, availability is going to be part of that. And that might be what ultimately, like, if I have two guys that ultimately have similar ceilings, but they get to that ceiling in a different way, why not go with the guy that you're going to be there longer? And that's going to be Mac Jones. Yeah, and Mac Jones, like I said, he's the, he's the long-term option right now, or they hope he's the long-term option right now for this football team. You know, Cam Newton is just you know going to maybe re-up after year after year or whatnot. Um, and, and even if Mac Jones is the starter, we'll probably see Cam Newton on the field. There'll be packages where they're going to put Cam Newton in, especially in the goal line, because he's one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in goal-to-go situations that we've seen in the NFL. But I think this offense flows better with Mac Jones. They could do a little more things down the field, and uh, maybe there's a a little more trust factor with the rookie just because of his style of play. Well, we'll keep you up to date in our last uh, couple minutes here together. On the other side, uh, you know, we'll wrap up the quarterback conversation. Uh, I, I asked you a little bit and I'll expand on why I think maybe uh, the pump the brakes deal there on Justin Fields. We'll give you the updated numbers too on Hawaii's uh, UCLA, which kicks off in less than an hour. And uh, also, uh, Nebraska's keeping Illinois in this at this thing right now. 99 tie, 251 left to go in the second. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's nothing like a soccer ball finding the back of the net. And with BetMGM, you can win $100 when a goal is scored. Sign up for the BetMGM app using code VSIM100. And if your first wager is a $1 money line bet on the Chicago Fire or the New York Red Bulls, you'll get $100 in free bets if either team records a goal. The opportunity is to score big this season. Don't stop there. Try BetMGM's one-game parlay feature to make selections within a single MLS game, including team and player props. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use bonus code VSIM100 to win $100 when you bet on Chicago Fire or the New York Red Bulls and either team scores a goal. Bet fearlessly at the King of Sportsbooks. New customer offer, paid free bets, eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. All right, Scott, it's all yours. I'm a little winded after that one. You go ahead. Take us home. Well, Adrian Martinez was just hit as he released the football, and there was an opportunity for Illinois to pick him off. But they were unable to do so. Uh, but I still think that this is, uh, you know, this game is going to come down to whoever has the football last. There was just a sack there. As the handicap before the game talked about the pressure that Ryan Walters was going to want to put on Adrian Martinez. And right now here, late in the first half, they are putting the pressure on him there. Uh, two straight blitzes, and they both get home. Uh, one deflecting the, the pass as he released the football, and the other one a sack. So, uh, so far, so good here for our Illini bet as the game is tied at nine. Yeah, I was talking about this uh, with Britton Hess, our producer in here, who is uh, rocking a Nebraska polo uh, very much into this game. Uh, but you got to be kind of upset if you're on the side of Nebraska on the field, betting-wise, whatever it is. Talking about a missed touchdown throw in the corner of the end zone from Martinez, another on a crossing round the play after that. A missed uh, field goal opportunity, excuse me, missed opportunity in terms of the extra point the special team snafu in terms of the safety allowed. So Nebraska continuing to shoot themselves in the foot here, and that is what you need, right, in some of these games, especially when you're taking seven points, if you're going to allow a, a team that I, I do think my eye tells me they're slightly lesser, Illinois, uh, but the result is is that you're allowing them to stick around with your crappy play. And now the Illini get a minute 45 to see if they can make something out of this. 
Well, we talked about it. It's just the trust factor. How can you trust this Nebraska team to go on the road and cover a touchdown line when in the three seasons under Scott Frost, they've only won two road games by more than a touchdown? Yep. Yeah, that's a good point by you. So Nebraska, or excuse me, uh, Illinois is going to get the ball here at about their 30-yard line with a little over a minute and 30 seconds to see if they can get some more points on the board. Uh, Hanging in the balance, I mean, you need a dramatic defensive play here, but Nebraska closes a a three-and-a-half-point favorite in the first half with a total of 26. Six and a half. So safe to say that thing's going to go under the total. Um, we're not going to say it's safe to say because we've seen some wild things that Illinois is going to cover that first half line because wilder things have happened in a minute and 34 seconds than I care to go back and think about because I've been on the wrong side of them. With that, uh, let's talk a little bit more about these quarterback positions in the National Football League. So let's build a little on Justin Fields because I actually think that Justin Fields is probably going to be very good in the NFL. I think when he got out there in the preseason, Scott, he realized, and you saw it with your eyes, his athleticism. Like, I even mentioned it the other day where I forgot like how athletic this guy is and watching him out mm-hmm. there in the preseason his athletic ability is off the charts he can get out of pockets if they're dirty he can extend plays with his legs he at this point right now uh, either has the top or is one of the tops in terms of average time to throw because he's just extending plays with his legs now holding on to the ball too long is also a problem but there's like something there with fields so this isn't an anti just fields thing at all I just think when you look at it from the perspective of who he did it against in terms of right second, third string guys, in terms of a massive amount of checkdowns and throws, especially in that first game of under nine yards with an average depth of target of four yards downfield on those throws. You got to realize what you're seeing with Justin Fields and these like pounding the table of you got to put them out there. I just don't know if that's the case, especially because of these two reasons. One, that offensive line is not very good. And I don't know if you want to put Justin Fields out there when he's consistently going to have to be bailing out of pockets because the offensive line plays not in front of him, and which ties into that. Week one, you're taking on one of the best interior defensive linemen and best defensive players, actually the best defensive player and arguably the best player in the NFL, in Aaron Donald. Like, that's not a matchup you want to throw out an off, or excuse me, a, a rookie quarterback behind a leaky offensive line in. I just don't think it makes sense to put him out there. Yeah, he's definitely not playing week one. He's, uh, and I, I'm shocked that people would even bet that. But you, met, you're, you're right, you said it right there. The situation is just not good for a rookie quarterback to go there against the Rams. And, and, and hey, there's your introduction to the NFL. Uh, not going to happen. Now, how many weeks until we see him play? Well, the schedule is going to dictate that. You know, does he not play until the bye week? Or does he get in as early as maybe week five? I mean, look at their schedule, right? They have winnable games early. There is a situation where there could be they could be two and two, right? If you're just looking at the point spreads, because they're going to be dogs at the Rams, they're going to be dogs at the Browns, they'll be favored against the Bengals, they'll be favored against the Lions. So at the Raiders, is that when we see Justin Fields? Or let's say they beat the Raiders, they lose to the Packers, lose to the Bucks, lose to the 49ers. Do we see Justin Fields against the Steelers? Uh, that's going to be, I think, ultimately the schedule and the win-loss record is going to dictate when we see Justin Fields. So actually, um, Illinois uh, gets a pretty big play. A really decent strike from Arthur uh, Sidkowski. Uh, caught, run. Gets to about the Nebraska, we'll call it 45-ish, maybe 40, and then a fumble and recovered by Nebraska. So the Huskers are going to have the ball on about their own 40-yard line with under a minute to go uh, to make their own magic happen here potentially. Adrian Martinez with that deadly accurate arm is going to lead the Huskers downfield potentially in less than a minute. But a turnover by Illinois has the Huskers with the ball with 58 seconds left to go um, near midfield on their own 39-yard line. So we'll see if they can get anything doing there. So with that, as we look at, we've talked about these quarterback situations really quickly. Are you in agreement, Denver Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater? That's the way it, it just makes sense with Fangio, right? It's in his realm. Like, he, he's got a window here at this point. He's one of the most talented rosters in the National Football League. You just need this, right? Like, a, a baseline of play, and Teddy Bridgewater gives you that. Yeah, and I actually thought that they would probably go in the other direction only because I thought that maybe it was smarter to have Bridgewater as the backup, right? To have Bridgewater as your safety valve if things don't go the way that you would expect it to go with your starter in Drew Locke. And then you also throw in the factor that, you know, there's so much pressure on Drew Locke to actually succeed and be the guy uh, and, and pressure on John Elway and this organization to actually get it right on a quarterback that I thought that they were going to kind of force feed Drew Locke down our throats. Uh, so I'm a little bit surprised. Obviously, Bridgewater is the better quarterback, but I'm a little bit surprised that they did go with Bridgewater as the starter. 
I'm laughing because of a couple of things. One, Britain very upset uh, with his Nebraska Cornhuskers on this drive. Uh, also, you know, this UConn team showing some fight here, just forced another punt from Fresno State. So it's a 7 nothing lead with 14.47 left to go. Uh, UConn's dominated time of possession up to this point, 10.33 compared to 4.27. Um, of course, plenty of time here, but they're 1-5, of and they have held the Bulldogs 0-3 on third down. So a little bit of rust from Fresno State, a massive favorite yeah. in this game. Well, let's see what happens in the second quarter, but Fresno State on the second half line could be worth a look to see if they kind of get into the locker room, get some things straightened out, and then dominate like we expect them to in the second half of this football game. But so far, not a good start for the Bulldogs. Yep, so if you're uh, sitting on a... uh... How many parlays do you think have Fresno State on them? Either minus, they got to. You think there's a couple minus twenty eights out there in a parlay, isn't there? There's got to be. I, I think maybe there's a couple of teasers with Fresno oh, being pushed down one, to yeah. seventeen, uh, and some people might have done that. Now, I would highly recommend against that, um, but I can see some people, you know, maybe the novice sports betters out there wanting to take a heavy favorite and uh, and knock them down a couple of points. Come so. on, we've all been there. Yeah, I just need one more on the parlay. Just need one more. Yeah, <laughs> throw on Fresno State. Huh? That'll be fun. So Fresno's uh, struggling at this point. We'll see if they can get on uh, to the board uh, offensively. Remember, their only touchdown right now is a defensive touchdown. All right, man. So let's uh, preseason action today and tomorrow, but mostly today. You didn't have anything in the preseason today, did you? No, no NFL preseason. No. Today was focused on the two college football bets and the baseball plays for later. Yep, twenty uh, right now coming up at 1230. We've got, still got 30 minutes, but I, I would say it's pretty safe to assume that those 18s were the peak of that number. And 17.5 is going to be the closing number here for UCLA with a total of 67. And look, we still yeah. got time until 630, um, plenty of time. I don't think we get back to 10 here. I think UTEP's probably going to close 9.5 or lower, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that's that's a game that's just so interesting to me, just because of how bad New Mexico State is, and and I think that UTEP could, uh, you know, cover that number, but I'm not comfortable laying it. It's not one of my picks for today. But if I had to choose a side, I would choose UTEP to roll over New Mexico State. But yes. as far as the as far as the Hawaii game goes, uh, I'm happy to see that the under has gone down. I'm very happy with the number that I got, and uh, I'm just I just want this game to start already. I'm so anxious because to me it's the most anticipated game on the board. So you're gonna I, I, you're gonna have to explain to me what just happened because social media is blowing up with oof Adrian Martinez and it is a 16 to nine lead for Illinois right now with 37 seconds left to go in the second quarter. Um, okay, here we go. So Adrian Martinez uh, looking to extend the play. Not exactly the worst pocket in the world, but does bail out of it and it looks like that's gonna be a scoop and score for Illinois ah. that puts them up on top. So not a good start here for Martinez at all. Misses a touchdown throw, I- turns up all <laughs> over, pretty bad. I will I will bring myself back to the handicap that I have uh, written and posted where um, where was it here? Uh, Martinez needs to hold on to the football. The turnovers plagued him in the past and could be a factor once again in this game. Illinois will pressure Martinez. I think that's coming to fruition so far. I'll add to that. Adrian Martinez coming into this year, 36 total turnovers, 1.3 turnovers per game. There's one right there. So, yep, we kind of know. We talked about this right before the game started. At this point, you kind of know who Adrian Martinez is as a quarterback. We have plenty of a sample size now, plenty big enough of a sample size to realize that he's got a problem with turnovers and that while there are going to be some moments where maybe you peek your eyebrows up, you're like, oh, okay. For the most part, he's a guy that's not deadly accurate with the ball, who's got a penchant to give it to the other team. And that is why a Nebraska team that at one point, remember, the adjusted line got up to 10 and a half uh, is trailing 16 to 9 left to go as I get a massive just sigh of pain in my ear from the producer room. I think Britain's, <laughs> Britain's out. <laughs> it's all over with. It's all right, bud. Hey, you got a whole half left to go, okay? There's still plenty of season left. Scott Frost's going to turn things around. I hear he's incredible. All right. Hey, Scott, it was good to work with you today, man. appreciate the time. Can't wait to do it again. Yep, you got it. Scott Seidenberg, again, joining us from the East Coast. I am Jonathan Von Tobel, filling in here on Betting Across America. Uh, can't wait. You'll, you'll find me throughout the week. Uh, I'm not back until Wednesday, though. Have a good weekend. Good luck, everybody.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.